Welcome back to the Quick Reflection series. This is part two. I'm Ayrahim. This week, I would like to introduce Mahmoud Mohammed, aka Moody, who's a very special guest and a friend of the podcast, who will be addressing the topic of consistency. Enjoy. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is your brother, Mahmoud Mohammed, also known as Moody, as Ibn Asid. Uh, as the mouth many names. <laughs> uh, I'm coming to you today live and direct at the behest of my beloved brothers at the Spilt Milk Podcast. Um, really, I don't know what more I can say about these guys. Uh, I'm a huge fan, a friend of the podcast. I think that week in, week out, they do some of the best work in the game. Their topics are engaging, relevant, critical, needed. Uh, I think these are the voices that we need to uplift in our communities. So definitely like, share, comment, subscribe. Leave a five-star review, uh, you know, post it on a story, tell a friend to tell a friend. These guys, mashallah, consistently put out really good content. And so this week, they've given me free reign uh, as part of their Ramadan Reflection Series to discuss a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And I think that all of us would benefit greatly from getting some perspective on, myself included. And first and foremost, it's a nasiha to myself. Um, but I want to tackle the topic of consistency. Uh, what does it mean to be consistent? What does that look like? What does it look like with the absence of consistency? And how can we build towards it? Uh, here's a quick example uh, for all my hoop heads. You have two players. Uh, both are very talented, very skilled, but they do very different things. Uh, player one uh, shows up big in the first quarter. Uh, maybe he gets you 10, 15 points. And then from there, his productivity casually drops off with each following quarter. And by the fourth quarter, he's become a non-factor, uh, not efficient, not effective, not scoring, not rebounding. But still overall a good player. And you got a second guy. He's not a particularly talented scorer, but he does everything else really well. Uh, he rebounds, he assists, he hustles for boards. Uh, you know, he, he scrambles, he scraps. Tough player, gritty guy. But uh, he's not a prolific scorer, like we said. He's not a prolific rebounder, not a prolific assist, uh, assist guy. Um, but alhamdulillah, he's good at other things. Now, if you're a GM or a head coach, do you want the guy who consistently performs night in, night out for four quarters, or do you want the guy who's big in the first half and then disappears in the second half? Um, I think the answer is pretty plain to see, right? You want the guy who puts in the work night in, night out and shows up. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the opportunity in Ramadan to show up, you know, and show out night in, night out. However, I think as a product of the way they were socialized to think about Ramadan and kind of the, the vibe generally of the month, um, we set goals that are a little bit highbrow, a little bit unrealistic for ourselves, right? Uh, about what we're capable of doing. And, I, and this is not to say that we're not capable of doing a great deal of ibadah in Ramadan. In fact, the opposite is true, right? The exact opposite is true. Ramadan is a time for us to truly get in touch with what we're capable of doing, right? To truly understand that if I were to commit myself to ibadah for, for a month straight, this is what I could accomplish. And uh, alhamdulillah, I think we should all strive to be those people outside of Ramadan. Uh, however, I think sometimes we wear uh, our expectations as a yoke and a collar around our, around our necks, right? They hang heavy on us. Uh, when we fail to fulfill these lofty goals, it brings us shame and embarrassment. Uh, you know, here's another example. There are two people, one commits himself to the idea that he's going to complete the Qur'an in the month of Ramadan, which is a, a fairly standard goal among most people. Right? It's, a, it's where socialized to do so. 
the other person, perhaps uh, his goal is simply to read a juz of Quran in the month of Ramadan. And you have to think this is both relative, right? So a person who doesn't read Quran at all throughout the year, uh, reading that juz of Quran might be their make or break, right? It might be their last tether to the religion of Islam. As opposed to the Hafid who has access to the Quran day in, day out, 12 months a year, for him, just reading the Qur'an once a month might not even necessarily be an important goal, right? It might be something that he does fairly routinely. And so we have to remember that goals, again, are relative as well, and they're kind of dependent on person, place, and timing. Now, person one whose goal it was to read the entirety of the Qur'an, let's say they go hard, you know, the first 10 days. They read four pages after every salah, four pages times five prayers, 20 pages, that's a juice a day. After 10 days, they've done a juice. They've done 10 juice. Uh, they've completed a third of the Qur'an, but then they burn out on the 11, right? They maybe read two or three pages, productivity drops off, and by the end of the month, they've only read maybe two or three more juz for a grand total, let's say, of 13 juz, a little less than half the Qur'an. Um, person two consistently reads their page every single day, right? 30 pages, a juz and a half, goal accomplished. That person showed up and showed out every single day, no matter how small or kind of seemingly insignificant their goal was, they got their amal completed, right? And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells in Hadith Khudsi, uh, right? Fasting is mine, and I will reward my servant for what he accomplishes, right? Now, if we think about uh, what we know via the Hadith literature on on amal and their rewards, on actions and their rewards. Some actions have mu'ayyan or clearly defined rewards. Uh, a prominent example is the idea of alifun harfun, lamun harfun, mimun harfun. The hadith with Prophet ﷺ tells us that for every letter that we utter of the Quran, we receive 10 rewards. And now, how Allah Taala calculates 10 is completely up to Him and His Majesty as, as, as He sees fit, right? But the numeric value that we're given is 10. And so for alif, lam, mim, you get 30 ajr. And it follows that for the entirety of any surah, you get as many haraf, huruf, or letters that you read times 10. So let's say there's, a, I don't know, let's say in a small surah, there's like 50 huruf, 50 times 10, 500 ajr. And again, Allah knows what that 500 actually is. But that's the number that we have to go off. Another example is uh, the two rak'at before uh, the fajr prayer. The hadith says that those two rak'at are better than the world and all that it contains. Right? Again, this is a literal, this is a figurative Reward, right? We don't know how much wealth the world contains, but it's better than that. And so there, are, there are countless other examples. And then there's the example of Psalm, right? A Fasting is mine, and I will reward my servant for fasting. I will give him his due reward for fasting. Only Allah knows how much fasting, how much reward we get. And so it makes sense then that that. The servant who consistently performs ibadah and actions of endearment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be rewarded for his consistency. And the one who falls off or burns out will only be rewarded for as much as he accomplished. And so numerically, the guy who read 13 Jews might have read more, but that's a whole what? A whole 15, 16 days that he didn't do anything more than what he set out to do. And in fact, he came short of his goal. But the guy who only read a page a day and only completed a just and a half. Every single day from day one to day 30, he showed up. And so as a result, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded him for what? His consistency. And so Allah, in his infinite wisdom and mercy, might give that guy more ajr 
more reward, more hasanat, even though he did less numerically than the guy who did 13 juz. And here's even a, perhaps a better point to step on, to, to, to take a pause at and to step back and say, okay, the idea that we need to complete X number of actions, X number of chapters, X number of salat, X number of nawafil, where does that come from, right? At what point are we simply going through the motions, completing actions, just to complete them, rather than to have an intimate and deeper connection with them, right? I'm not. The argument I'm making isn't that the guy who read a page is somehow more sincere, more faithful, more, more of a believer than the guy who read 13 Jews. But perhaps that person took each page and was intimate with it, strive to, strive to understand it, strive to, to contextualize each ayah. Whereas the guy who read the entire just a day was perhaps going through the motions of just completion, right? And so it stands that the one who does things to contextualize and the one who does things to complete, the guy who's looking for context and meaning is obviously getting more reward than the guy who's simply going through the motions, right? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward the servant for his niyyah, his intention, right? And as the famous shair said, the niyyah is the prerequisite for the acceptance of actions, right? You have to make the intention that you're going to follow through on X action, right? Simply doing X thing for X reward is not enough. You have to have the intention, the underlying kind of uh, base that I'm doing this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so as to achieve this goal. Not I'm doing this just to do it, right? Just to have the, the reward of finishing the Qur'an or doing X number of sunnah prayers or X number of tajjud and tarawih prayers. And so, perhaps that throws our traditional understanding and the way that we've been socialized to think about Ramadan into, into flux, right? Ramadan comes from the Arabic root Ramad, right? Which is to burn away or to purify, uh, to, to, to throw away imperfections and impurities, right? What are we, what are we purifying? We're purifying uh, our actions, our faith, our follow-through, our follow-up from the imperfections that follow us 11 months out of the year. Allah has given us a specific and unique opportunity to follow through on ibadah in a way that because of school and work and life, we don't have an opportunity to do so otherwise, right? How often do we get to commit ourselves to the worship of our Creator so consistently, so single-mindedly for a month, right? And Ramadan shows us this is the people that we can be, right? Right. This is the people that we can, that we can always be 12 months out of the year. And so... When it comes down to it, right, you want to be the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's consistent and, and, and can be called on four quarters of the game, right? Not the guy who shows up big in the first half and then falls asleep in the second. Right? You don't want to be that guy who disappears. Rather, the servant, uh, right, and, and I want us to think about this idea of ihsan, right? right? You want to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you can see him even though you don't see him and he sees you, right? Sincerity in your, in your ibadah, true, intimate connectedness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his sake and his sake only, not to go through the motions because Ramadan so often for many of us becomes simply the act of what? Following a familiar pattern just to follow the pattern, right? We need to move away from that, right? And, and we need to understand that that mindset is really impairing our ability to connect in this limited time, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward his servant for what he does, right? What he does consciously and intentionally, right? The niyyah is perhaps the most important thing. And so consistency, and I'll close with this, 
The Prophet ﷺ says in authentic hadith, The best of actions are those that are small and consistent. The time for grand gestures is past, right? We, we don't get any closer to Allah when we, when we commit to Him that we're going to fulfill these lofty goals and we fall apart. Rather, it's better for a slave of Allah to commit to a specific, doable, tangible, feasible goal rather than to promise Allah glory and riches that you can't deliver on, right? You would hate to to promise your coach that you're going to score 50 and then come up with five. In the same way you should hate, and again, this is just a metaphor, you should hate to promise Allah that you're going to follow through on X number of ibadat and X number of af'al and then fall short. The famous uh, sahabi, the famous tabi'i, forgive me, uh, Abdullah ibn al-Mu'arak, uh, sahib al-kitab al-Zuth, Remarks to Abu Ishaq al-Fazari, his companion, uh, You are more in need of a little bit of, uh, and here adab can be translated a few ways, but I think the best translation is moral character, moral fiber, courage, consistency, follow through. You are more in need of all of those things than you are in need of a great deal of knowledge, right? And we understand the place of, and the importance of knowledge in Islam, right? The Shaykh Ibn Mubarak is saying that we are more in need of just a little bit of moral character and fiber and consistency because those things are the basis of anything, right? They're the, the very basis of what makes up ibadah. We are more in need of that than in need of a great deal of knowledge. And you can substitute here, I believe, grand gestures, uh, going through the motions, uh, false promises, commitments that we can't keep, lofty highbrow goals. Rather, it's best that we're honest with ourselves with what we can accomplish than to lie to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'm not saying that anybody who does so is lying to Allah, right? But I'm saying that Allah knows what we're capable of, right? La yukallifullah, nafsan illa wasaha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not bear us more than we can, will not burden us with more than we can bear. But be cognizant that this is a month of mercy and rahmah and a month that is meant to show us what we can be 12 months of the year, right? And so... To all my friends at the Spill Up Milk podcast, I hope that today's reminder, uh, we can walk away with maybe two or three important lessons. Uh, one, consistency is more important than going through the motions, right? Consistency is key. Consistency is king. The one who is consistent succeeds, whereas the one who is inconsistent is doomed to, to I think in a lot of ways, what's not touched on is the how much self-loathing and, and, and depression and, and kind of disappointment that lack of consistency brings, which is probably born out of number two, having unrealistic goals, rather than to commit to some goal that is too large or too, uh, you know, not feasible. It is better that we commit to goals that we can that we know we can follow through on. If I know that I'm a person who, who regularly doesn't, I have not, I have not prepared. Right? If you fail to prepare, prepare to fail. If 11 months out of the year I'm not reading X number of ajza, what makes me think that in 30 days I'll have a radical recommitment to that? And if you are going to do that, if you are going to set that goal, start preparing in January, June, if it, you know whatever month it is before Ramadan, six months, five months, four months, to fulfill that goal, right? Uh, and then number three, all of us collectively are more in need of strong commitments and, and moral fiber than a great deal of kind of grand gestures or a great deal of a commitment to knowledge that is not beneficial, as Ibn Mawadik says. So I hope that inshallah that for the rest of the month of Ramadan, collective as a community, we can recalibrate and recommit to following through. I remember it's about how you finish, not how you start. Uh, Ramadan is truly the great marathon, right? It's not a sprint. It's, it's a grueling, 
grueling marathon that needs moral fiber and discipline and character uh, and strength of character to complete, right? Uh, sprints are cool, but they don't last long. Uh, inshallah, I, I, I pray and I hope that all of us as a community can recommit in this way. And uh, alhamdulillah, I want to thank my brothers the Spilt Milk Podcast, XLG Media, XLG Radio, forgive me, for having me out. Um, like, comment, subscribe, share. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. This is your brother Mahmoud Mohammed signing off. Much love and I'll see you guys soon.